We're hearing a ballad by Tom Flannery from his album, The Anthracite Shuffle. It's called The Knox Mine Disaster, and in verse after verse, he tells in detail the story of the January day when the cascading waters of the swollen Susquehanna River broke through into the workings of the Knox Mine near Pittston while men were doing their daily jobs. Well, Port Griffith will remember the day Back in 1959 When the fearsome Susquehanna Smashed through the Knox Company mine The Pittston veins just blinded The men above the ground And they just washed their hands When twelve men They were never found Eighty-seven men descended in the January chill men descended in the January chill. They were scattered through the workings, the cars they'd fill and fill. Inspectors had drawn the red line 35 feet from the river's rage. But now it was down to inches to force a minor to make a decent way. And then Frank Hanley. Frank Hanley and his 11 were working near the shaft, and when he heard that rumble, old Hanley acted fast. He called for the cage as the water lapped his arm, and the cage rose above the river, and his men spread the alarm. As the cage rose above the river, his men, they spread the alarm. Susquehanna has a will. The next to last verse reads this way. Twelve men still lie in the old Knox mine with nothing to light their way. How many have walked over their graves, no one can ever say. Most have forgotten the way things were back in 1959 when the Susquehanna River smashed through the Knox Company mine. That next-to-last verse is a kind of lament, not just for the lives of those who were lost, but also for the loss in our memories of those men and what took place on January 22, 1959. Over 20 years ago, a group of historians and others came together at the Anthracite Heritage Museum in Scranton to remember that event, to commemorate the Knox Mine disaster so that the memory of the event and the lives lost and what the disaster meant to the region and its history would never be forgotten. And since then, each January, there has been a commemoration of the Knox Mine disaster, but the commemoration has caught on and grown with each passing year. Robert Walensky, a native of the Wyoming Valley and professor emeritus of sociology at the University of Wisconsin-Stevens Point, author of a number of studies about the Anthracite region, including two volumes about the Knox disaster that he's co-written. Dr. Walensky is coordinator of Anthracite Heritage Month each year, going right back to the beginning, and we had a chance to talk with him by phone about the project and this year's activities. 
it's an annual event that has its origins with the Knox mine disaster of January 22nd, 1959. We commemorated the 40th anniversary of that back in 1999. And there was a tremendous outpouring in the community. We did it at the Anthracite Heritage Museum. We had a couple hundred people. And uh, we built off that. The next year we did that annual commemoration, but we did two more smaller programs, one in Wyoming and another one in Scranton. And then it grew and grew and grew and grew and grew over the, over the last 20-some years until now where we have uh, darn near 25 different programs. Some are, re- some are redundant as we're doing, we're doing some twice. But it's grown and the local community has responded to this event, which is really a commemoration and, and a celebration of the hard coal, the anthracite coal region's history and culture. We have a tremendous history. We have a vibrant culture. And for a long time, it was, well, it was kind of like frowned upon to be recognized as a coal mining community, you know, the, the gritty, industrial kind of a stereotype. But it was always vibrant at the, at the grassroots. And, and, and we, we remember, we remember, and as evidenced by the, the outpouring of local participants covering topics from industrial history to ethnicity to, of course, mining to, to telling the story of anthracite. So it's, it's really a, a celebration of us, of, of the local community, which is one of the, one of the most unique areas in, in the country. I mean, anthracite culture, anthracite history is like no other history. And I think we're starting more and more to recognize that by the fact that we have over 70 people on the program this year. This year, there is a very strong focus on the coal industry. In past years, we've, we've done sessions such as the local baseball scene because the region has had a tremendous baseball history. There are half a dozen northeastern Pennsylvanians in Cooperstown in the Baseball Hall of Fame. We did that with, with Bill Cachetis down at Luzerne County Community College. Bill's written a couple books about baseball, including one about the famous local baseball player from Nanticoke, Pete Gray, the one-armed baseball player. So we, we've done things like that. Music. We're doing music this year. We did it uh, the last two years, although last year we had to cancel it because of COVID. But we're doing more than just underground and, and mining and the hazards and the disasters. We're trying to broaden it beyond that. There's something almost every day, Bob. Tell us more. I would like to begin with WVIA, one of my favorite radio and television stations in the country. I listen to you guys all the time on, the, on your app. But uh, WVIA, once again, as you have in the past, has put up three wonderful opportunities to study and understand local history. Uh, On January 22nd, 26th, and 27th, we're going to show on WVIA-TV two documentaries, both on the Knox mine disaster. One is by David Bracca, done in 2019, and one is written and narrated by Erica Funk in 1984. Right, right. And we would just add that David Bracca did a comprehensive documentary. Ours in 84 was a tribute on the 25th anniversary, and we did what we could with limited resources, but David really went all out with this is a very special documentary that he created. David put in a few years on that and got all the original footage from, uh, I think it's WYOU had it, in the basement in downtown Wilkes-Barre, and he rescued all that and had it digitized at the University of Southern California, near where he lives. And um, he he rescued a lot of important archival information, put together this documentary. So those follow back-to-back on your your television network. And then 
all month long, WVIA is going to have up on a special website songs and stories from coal country. This is a history of anthracite region culture through music. The musicians, Jay Smarr and Tom Flannery, play a series of songs. For example, they have a song on the Avondale mine disaster of 1869, the worst anthracite disaster with 110 men and boys dead. And and, uh, they have one on the Knox mine disaster, and they have one on Breaker Boys and an ordinary miner. And they will play a tune, and then there's commentary by yours truly on those events. They play for a tune for five minutes, and I might comment for five or six or seven minutes on the Avondale disaster or on the strike of 1902 or whatever it is. And that was done live at uh, WVIA Studios, and of course it was recorded. So now it's going to be played back at any time the viewing audience wants to do it. It's available at all times at this website. So those three events, we, we really appreciate WVIA putting out. They're a great addition to this program. The rest of the other programs are available on specific dates, and the the whole thing starts on January 14th, the on-site programming, and that'll be down in Bethlehem at the National Museum of Industrial History, where John Smith from the Department of History at Lehigh University is going to talk about the Lehigh Valley Railroad and the anthracite industry. We do have another repeat, as I mentioned, of anthracite region music. This is at the Susquehanna Brewing Company in, in their brew room. It's a big, big place. We had 200 people there two years ago when we did it. Jay Smarr will be on again, and Don Chappelle and the pickups. And, and a polka, another polka band will be there. We'll have three different performers from 7 to 9.30. Ed Philbin put that together, and uh, he'll be the master of ceremonies. There'll be SBC drinks available, but there'll be a food truck there as well. Erica, there are so many right down the list. We have the Eastern Pennsylvania Coalition for Abandoned Mine Reclamation and Earth Conservancy doing a program on January 17th on the history of anthracite region breakers, all about the region's breakers. And, of course, this is at the Earth Conservancy building, which was in the shadow of the Huber Breaker, the now torn-down Huber Breaker. But Eric Bella, mining engineer Bill Lukasik, the curator of the magnificent Lukasik Photography Collection, and Sue Hand, Suhan, the area's premier anthracite painter, they'll all be there to talk about breakers that they have painted, photographed, worked with. Uh, that's on the 17th. That's going to be a dandy program. Nanacoke always does a program, the Nanacoke Historical Society. This is one with anthracite coal miners, retired and current. Yes, there are people still mining anthracite coal. And this is a, this is a program with five people who are going to talk about their past experiences, what it was like in the 50s, and even one fellow remembers what it was like in the, in the 40s. Phil Voistock, who's 93, he'll be there. Uh, Chet Zaremba, who's from the Society, will speak, and he also put this program together. Phil Mosley, who written a book, Phil Mosley, Penn State Scranton professor, wrote a book called Telling of the Anthracites, how we have remembered, how so far we have remembered and told the story of hard coal, the region and its people and its institutions, and so forth. And Phil's going to talk about his book in Shimokan on the 21st from 11 to 1 at the Shimokan Coal Township Library. We have another one with coal miners. You know, they're restoring Nayog Park Mine, the Brooks, Brooks Mine in Nayog Park, which has been defunct for a number of years. I recall going into it when I was in my teens. But folks like Chris Murley and Dan Shirtliff and Bill Best 
they have been refurbishing this over the past several months. It's going to open hopefully later this year. And they're going to speak about this restoration on the 21st at the Anthracite Heritage Museum at 2 o'clock in the afternoon. So that's, that's, going to be, that's going to be big up there at the Anthracite Museum. That same day, 21st, we have one of the featured programs, Eric. It's put on by the Greater Hazleton Historical Society and Museum and the Pennsylvania Anthracite Society for Mining Engineers one of the oldest mining engineering societies in the country. And it's going to be a 125th anniversary commemoration of the infamous Latimer Massacre of 1897, the largest labor massacre of the 19th century. 19 striking mine workers were shot down by Luzerne County deputies, most of them shot in the back. They were unarmed. They were marching for better wages in 1897. And Mike Korb of the, uh, of the Mining Engineering Association put together this wonderful program. I'm going to talk about the ethnic component. Paul Shackle of the University of Maryland is going to talk about how we have remembered Latimer. Jim LaRegena from Hazleton is going to talk about the Dreyfus photographs of, of Latimer. Now, there's a famous uh, iconic photograph of the striking miners carrying an American flag. They're marching toward the, the photographer, and the, the photographer was Henry Dreyfus from that area. And Jim Regina is going to talk about those photographs. And John Fielding of the Anthracite Museum of Scranton has Dreyfus's camera. This is a late 19th century camera, you know, with the tripod and all. And John's going to talk about that camera, which is on display at the Anthracite Museum. And Lou Dreyfus III is going to talk about remembering his relative, remembering Henry Dreyfus. John Ackerman is going to have reflections on the massacre, what it meant, and the, especially about the monument. Folks put up a monument to this before the state did. The state of Pennsylvania has a marker. But the Latimer monument was huge. It was put on the side of a huge boulder, and it needs repair. So John Ackerman is going to talk about that. And finally, Chuck Nassell of the United Mine Workers of America is going to say a few words, in a commentary on, Avon, on the Latimer, because the striking miners were members of the United Mine Workers Union. They wanted to, you know, have other collieries join the union. And so this was this march, which resulted in the slayings, was very much a union movement. So Chuck Nassell is going to reflect on what this meant for the labor movement, as well as anthracite. There's so many, Erica. I just mentioned the, the, the three on the 22nd, which is the anniversary date of the Knox. Four programs, but three in Pittston itself. There's the annual mass at St. John's. Families will be there to commemorate and remember that tragic disaster. We go right from there to the historical marker in front of the Beloga Funeral Home in Port Griffith, which is right next to Pittston. And we have a public little half-an-hour public program there. Again, the families come up usually right after the church service. And then after that, 20 minutes, 30 minutes, we get in our cars and we drive down to the river a mile away, and we walk up the river. This is weather permitting, but we've done it virtually every year. And we gather at Beloga Funeral Home, and we travel to the river, and we walk up. It's, you know, it's about, oh, I don't know, it's half a mile or more, to two sites. The actual break-in site where the river broke in the Susquehanna River, flooded the mines when the Knox Coal Company mined illegally under the river, and uh, there are 81 men in the mine. I put in quotes, only 12 died. It would have been much, much worse. 26 men wandered for seven hours trying to get out. 
They found their way out through the Eagle air shaft, which we have a marker on, and it's right near the break-in site. So we'll go to both the break-in site and the Eagle air shaft where 26 men came up. And that's, that's, just, that's kind of the morning and the early afternoon. And then we go up to the museum in Scranton for the annual Knox Mine Disaster Commemoration. Bodie Moran is the site administrator at the museum, put together a wonderful program, which is international. We've never done this before. We usually focus on the Knox. Poetry has been written about the Knox, and there's music about the Knox, and the family members have spoken. But this year, uh, we're going to talk about the international connection between Welsh and American coal heritage. The genesis of this is the trip that Bodie Moran, myself, and Beth Landmesser led to the U.K. last summer, Scotland, England, and Wales, uh, 11 days studying British industrial history with an emphasis on their coal mining history. We went to museums and toured mines, underground deep mines, as well as slope mines. Uh, we did a canal boat ride. We did all this industrial history. And now we have three people from Wales who are going to be zoomed in. They'll be there on Zoom talking about how they are trying to remember their coal mining history. And Bodhi and the aforementioned John Fielding, the curator at the museum, they will talk about how we're trying to do it in anthracite. So it should be a very interesting afternoon with, uh, with an international focus, our first attempt at international coal mining. Dr. Robert Walensky, a native of the Wyoming Valley and professor emeritus of sociology at the University of Wisconsin-Stevens Point, author of a number of studies about the anthracite region, including two volumes about the Knox disaster that he's co-written. Dr. Walensky is coordinator of the Anthracite Heritage Month each year, and he was laying out just the tip of the iceberg, just some of the events that will be taking place we stopped at the actual day, January 22nd, the commemorative day for the Knox Mine disaster. But there are other events to continue through the end of the month, and we will get back to Dr. Walensky in a week or two so that he can fill us in on the rest of the events. It was just a litany that was overwhelming. And so we stopped at the Knox Mine disaster memorial, but then we'll pick up when we get back to Dr. Walensky and we'll hear about what's happening at the Plymouth Historical Society, the Greater Pittston Historical Society. Another big event is King's College and the Anthracite Heritage Foundation's public program, the annual Monsignor John J. Curran Lecture featuring Philip Mosley. Dr. Mosley has written a book, Telling of the Anthracite, a Pennsylvania Post History, and that will be the focus of that event on January 26th at King's. We have Lackawanna Historical Society programs, a Majestic Theater Public program in Pottsville, and the Luzerne County Historical Society will have a program. So we'll follow up with those events in a week or two so that when they get closer, you'll have more of a sense of what's to come after the initial events of the month that get underway on January 14th. And we have the continuing events on WVIA-TV, as Dr. Walensky mentioned. We have the documentary broadcasts of the Knox Mine disaster, produced and directed by David Bracca, narrated by Lex Romaine, with sound by Albert Bracca. And the first screening of that is January 22nd, the actual anniversary of the disaster, at noon. 
and that will be followed by Knox, a disaster that was a WVIA documentary film that was produced to mark the 25th anniversary of the disaster in 1984. Those screenings will continue again on the 26th, and we have the continuing program online of songs and stories from Coal Country featuring Jay Smarr and this musician, Tom Flannery. Dr. Walensky joined Jay Smarr and Tom Flannery with WVIA's George Graham, and they talked about the area through song. Jay Smarr and Tom Flannery would play their songs, and Dr. Walensky would put the context out for what those events were. And one of Jay Smarr's songs was about the Latimer Massacre, which will be commemorated as we heard this month. It's a cold September morning There's something in the air today That's chilling me to the bone Looking out my shack window Up I open number nine I can see some men gathering As the fog takes its time Well, there's wives and kids off to the side And they're waving as they go there must be 350 of them coming down the road So I hollered out to one of them Hey, what you marching for? He said, we're marching out of this town And on the Latimer Said, we're marching on for liberty In the land of the brave and free Said, I'm sick of living my life like some piece of machinery He said, son, I'm sick of living Like some second-class human being We ain't asking for charity Just a little equality Well, the phone can finally roll away And the sun is to its peak Someone said ten miles Have passed beneath our feet well, we come from many countries, in many foreign lands, but we're waving all stars and stripes to show for Americans. Jay Smarr singing a tune by Van Wagner. Jay Smarr will be part of a very big part of Anthracite Heritage Month here in the region. Jay Smarr is from Schuylkill County, the lower anthracite area, and he's been performing and creating original songs and taking history on the road. He will be online at wvia.org all month long as a program titled Songs and Stories from Cold Country will be offered with Tom Flannery as the other singer-songwriter and Robert Walensky and you can find that at wvia.org slash watch slash virtual hyphen events all month long. It's up there now. You can see it. And then on January 14th, the Susquehanna Brewing Company right here in Pittston will offer an evening of anthracite region music with Jay Smarr, Don Chappelle and the pickups. There'll be polkas and much more. And that's at 7.30 on January 14th, which is a Saturday perfect time for a gathering to celebrate the region and its musical history. 
And then this is a song about the Latimer Massacre, and the Latimer Massacre will be commemorated on January 21st in Hazleton at 6.30, and there's so much more to learn about our region and to celebrate about the region and also to lament, and you can find everything and all the dates and times and subjects and participants at ahfdn.com, and that's for the Anthracite Heritage Foundation, ahfdn.com. And then in a week or two, we'll bring Dr. Walensky back to tell us what else they will be offering through the rest of the month to celebrate Anthracite Heritage Month. <laughs>